With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, hello, hello. This is Minister T, and you're joining us with Life Applications Bible Study on Monday night uh, at 7.30 Central Time. Glad to have you with us. We'll be getting started shortly in a few minutes. You'll hear a bit of silence, and then we'll be back and ready to get started with our study. If you have Purpose Driven Life book, uh, ask you that you would uh, get it out, and we are going to start on uh, our next uh Session Day 15, entitled Form for God's Family. God bless you. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. This is Minister T. Again, you have joined the Bridge Network International, and we are so happy to have you on this Monday night as we continue our study of Purpose Driven Life Bible Study, Life Application. We have been uh, studying this for several uh, months now and have been really receiving uh, some wonderful word from the Lord as we know that we will again uh, receive um, a good lesson on tonight. Uh, again, this is the Bridge Network, and uh, you can check us out at our website at www.thebridgenetworkintl. Uh, again, it's the Bridge Network. www.thebridgenetworkintl.org. And uh, if you're in the Chicagoland area, we're worshiping at University Church on 5655 South University Street in Chicago on Sundays at 1.30 uh, in the second floor in the upper room, as we call it. So come on out and share with us and worship with us. And as well, always, you can join us on Monday nights as we part the bread and we study God's Word to be empowered. Also, we have prayer on uh, Mondays through Fridays every uh, morning at 6.30 Central Time. So if you'd like to join us for prayer, you can do that as well. The number is 559-726-1000, and the code is 304585. Again, that's Mondays through Fridays at 6.30 a.m. So we're going to get started right now. We'll start out with a word of prayer, and then we're going to jump right in and part the word of God and hear what God has for us on tonight. Lord God, we thank you. We give you praise, glory, and honor, and majesty, for you are great and greatly to be praised. We worship you, Lord God, now in spirit and in truth. Thank you, God, for this opportunity to study your word We pray, Lord God, as we study purpose-driven life, that we would be driven toward a purpose, and that purpose is to worship you in spirit and in truth. So we give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. We magnify your holy name for you and you alone are worthy. We give you blessings now, lifting them up, praying, Lord God, for those that will hear this call, for those that will be on the call, Praying, Lord God, that a word be spoke from on high, that you would speak now, that we may hear from you and that we may apply it to our lives, that we would walk in your purpose. So we give you all praise, glory, and honor 
In the matchless name of Jesus, we magnify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, this is the Bridge Network, and you are with Minister T, and uh, we are recording this call. So if you uh, get a chance, you want to play it back again or either share this with someone else, you can always tell them to go to www.talkshoeradio, www.talkshoe.com. And if you type in uh, on the search, Purpose Driven Life Bible Study, it will come up. Also, we have a website, a page uh, with TalkShoe where we have several recordings of uh, different Bible studies that we have done over the years. So there is plenty of archive uh, for you to listen to. So let's jump in. We've been talking about, and um, uh, last week uh, we were uh, talking about uh, worship and also understanding that God is real, no matter how we feel. That was that was the word on last week, that God is real no matter how we feel and that even when we go through the pressures and the things of life and it seems like God does not answer and we don't hear him and it seems like he's left us and he's abandoned us, we still have to know this one thing, that God is real. And uh, no matter how we feel, God is still there. I uh, shared on uh, last week just like uh, the three Hebrew boys, you know, knowing that uh, they continued to worship God. And even when the king said not and to worship his idol, they refused. And in their refusing, although they may not have heard the Lord, there's one thing they stood on is to know that even if God does not answer us, we still know that he is God. And sometimes we have to go through that time in our life where we don't hear the voice of God, and we may feel that we're all alone, but there has to be something deep within our hearts that penetrates us to recognize and to know that we are not our own and that he is God and he is creator, and if he never does another thing, he is still God. And in that understanding, we get a relief to understand that his word stands true, that he'll never leave us nor forsake us, that he has not abandoned us. And as we lead into the study on tonight, to see that we are part of a family. You were formed for God's family. You're part of a family. And we're going to talk about family and the benefits of family and understanding the true meaning of family. I think family has gotten distorted uh, in this earthly realm and that we don't necessarily see family the way it used to be. But we're going to talk about family and what God has defined family to be. The point to ponder is I was formed for God's family, to recognize that I was formed to be a part of his family, not to be separate, not to be alienated, not to be uh, alone, but I was formed. What does that mean? That I was created, I was developed to be a part of something, to be a part of his family, that it is not by accident that I exist. It is not by accident that I'm here. No matter what my mother and father may have done that had been an accident, maybe, no matter what had transpired, no matter how I got here, be it through various things, maybe abuse, the thing is to know that I was formed for God's family. And understanding that then gives you the revelation to know that in your forming for God's family, that then you have purpose. The verse to remember is his unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And you'll find that in Ephesians, the first chapter, the fifth verse, to understand that the whole purpose, his unchanging plan was always to adopt us into his family. And and if we can understand and understand what happened in the Garden of Eden, what happened in Genesis was the separation. We became separate from God. We became detached from God. And ever since that time, God has commissioned and was a mission to bring us back to that place with him, to bring us back into that spiritual garden with him, to bring us back as a family connected to him because of that separation. And it is because of Jesus Christ that came, that died, that then connected us, that stands in the gap and binds us together. It is through Christ that now 
we are adopted into the family, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5. So the question on tonight is, how can I start treating other believers like members of my own family? I think, you know, and that's a question to think about tonight as we look at the world that we live in, we look at this world of hatred, we look at this world of pain, we look at this world of people destroying each other. We definitely look at this world that we are not family because family would not do that. But yet there are battles even within uh, the families that share the same DNA. But we have to recognize that that is not the purpose of God and that God desires and loves family. And it is the ultimate commission that we come together unified. And it is what the bridge stands for, to know that we are unified in ministry, to know that we can come on one accord, to know that we are one body, that the arm cannot do without the joints and the shins and the fingers can't do without the hand. And all of our body parts require each Thing and each other in order to have the full functionality. All of our body parts require us to, to be connected. And when we're not connected, we find ourselves in a deformity. We find ourselves in a place where we're not functioning correctly. We find ourselves in a place where dysfunction happens, disaster happens, and it is because of our disconnection and our unity. But God is calling us even in the season to unify, to be together, to be on one accord, to be spiritually unified as a family, for a family that does not have color, that has not no race. It is not about color and it is not about race but it is about the connection with God who created us, the ultimate power, the ultimate being, the one that spoke and said, let there be, and there was. It is this family that we are connected to because we are connected to God the Father in spirit. We are connected. And so on tonight, let's look at how we were formed for God's family. In Hebrews, the second chapter, in the 10th verse, it says, God is the one who made all things, and all things are for his glory. He wanted to have many children share his glory. And then in 1 John 3 and verse 1, it says, see how very much our Heavenly Father loves us for he allows us to be called his children, and we really are. We were formed for God's family. You were formed for God's family. God wants a family. What does it mean, a family? A family is a unit that works together, a unit that operates with no agenda, a unit that has the passion and the love for one another. It is a unit that recognizes that it cannot operate by itself. A family, a family is one that stands not to hurt but to love. God desires that we be this family. He wants a family and he created us to be a part of it. And this is God's second purpose for our lives, which he planned before we were even born. He had already orchestrated this. He had already designed this, that Adam and Eve would go forth and multiply, that there would be more to come, that he was desiring a family that would worship him in spirit and in truth. For God is love. And I recognize this one thing. One of my favorite movies, as some may know, is Mahogany. And I love the part of Mahogany, kind of the latter part of Mahogany, 
that Diana Ross has made it and she's uh, made this fortune, this fame. She's big and everybody knows her and Perry and she's a superstar model. But yet she is still alone, alone with no one really that cares for her. And Billy D. Williams, her boyfriend, um, comes to visit her in this place. And after uh, a wild party and some out, uh, some things happening, and she was all upset because he did not want to hang with this crowd she was hanging with. And so they had this conversation, and he was packing up to leave to go back home to Chicago. And she said, where are you going? Why are you leaving? And he said, I just can't deal with this scene, this, these groups of people you're at. And she says, well, these people love me. And he says, they don't love you. They love what they created, but they don't love you. And she said, these are my family. These are my people. And he said, no, they don't love, they, they don't love you. And so she says, well, uh, I thought you loved me. Or he turned it around and she says, I don't love you. And, and, and he he says, oh, he says, okay, I, I thought somebody loved me. And as he walked out the door, the words to her were, success is nothing unless you have someone to share it with. And that word has been so impactful to me over the years to understand that no matter how big you get and no matter what level you get to, to recognize that you can have all the success in the world, but with your loved ones, those that love you, your family, those that care about you, that truly know who you are, you are nothing without those to share it with. And Tonight, God also says the same thing as that he created us and formed us to be family and for us to be connected to him, to for him to be our father, that we would be adopted, that he would take care of us and that we would be connected and family here on this earth until we unite with him and that we could be on one accord, that we could be connected together to help each other out. God desired the second purpose of our life is to be a part of his family. We were born, created for that. In fact, the entire Bible is the story of God building a family who he would love and honor him and reign with him forever. This whole journey has been about God building a family, a unit that he would be the head, that he would be the master, that he would be our king, that he would be our God, that he would be our protector, that he would be our provider. God, all throughout this journey, has been building a family. His unchanging plans has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And he gave, in this he gave a great pleasure. You'll find that in First Peter one and First Peter one and three, and also in Romans eight fifteen and sixteen, as we see the plan that God had unveiled that He would adopt us into His family, because God is love. He treasures relationships. And I, and I just want to stop right there just to talk about relationships. I recognize that the strategies of the adversary is to break down relationships because strong relationships are engulfed with power. 
And I recognize that if the adversary, if the devil can break down the unit, break down the family, I recognize that if the adversary can destroy the family and break apart the unit, he then is able to dismantle the power that God has given us. It is God's desire, and he treasures relationships. But yet we see a world of chaos. Not only is there war against other races and other kinds, there's also wars against our own and even wars with, again, in our families, our own families where we share DNA that we are connected by the blood that runs through our veins, but yet our families are destroyed by the adversary pulling us apart and going wayward from what God had ordained. It is the family unit that has brought so much pain and so much disaster We can see it all over, that there are broken homes. There are children without fathers and mothers. and There are broken units. Even in the church, there are broken families, broken churches, separations, alienations, hatreds. Even within the body of Christ, the competition. And yet God only desires that we work together in one accord and that we work together as he or designed for us to have relationships. Because God is love, he treasures relationships. His His very nature is rational and relational. He he, he identifies himself in family terms. We see it. Family is the essence and the foundation of his purpose in bringing us together. He identifies himself as father, son, and spirit. The trinity of God's relationship even to himself, it's the perfect pattern for relational harmony, and we should study its implications. God has always existed in loving relationship to himself. So he has never been lonely. He has been connected as a unit, and he desires us to be a part of this unit, understanding that God is ultimate. God didn't need a family, but he desired one. He created one. He spoke into existence. And I recognize this one thing, that in order to give love, you have to give, have something to give it to. God is love, and there was no one to love, and he could not give himself. God did not need a family. He desired a family so that he could give his love. So he devised a plan to create us, to bring us into his family, and to share with us all he has. This is what God gets great pleasure in. The Bible says, It was a happy day for him when he gave us our new lives through the truth of his word, and we became, as it were, the first children of his new family. When we come, when we come to a place in our faith with Christ, God becomes our father. We become his children, and other believers then become our brothers and our sisters, and the church becomes our spiritual family. The family of God includes all believers in the past, the present, and the future. Every 
human being was created by God. There is nothing on this earth that was not created by God. But note that not everyone is a child of God. See, the only way to get into God's family is by being born again into it. And the reason because of that is, again, the separation that happened in the Garden of Eden, the sin that parted us, separated us, disconnected us from the perfect wheel of God, separated us, the sin that broke loose, the the binding, the connection that we had with God that brought a division, but it is Jesus Christ that came to mend us back again. And the only way to get into God's family is by being born again into it. See, you may become part of the human family by your first birth, but to become a member of God's family by your second birth. God has given us the privilege of being born again so that we are now members of his own family, 1 Peter 1 and 3 and Romans 8, 15 and 16. See, the invitation to be a part of God's family is universal. It has nothing to do with color. It has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with agendas. Being a part of God's family is universal. But there is one condition, and that is faith and peace. The Bible says you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Galatians 3 and 26. See, your spiritual family is even more important than your physical family because it will last forever. I like that. Sometimes we 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 look at things, and if we can look at it in this perspective, that ultimately our spiritual family is even more important than our physical family. But to know that it is our desire and our prayer that our physical family would also be our spiritual family. Many times we have units of families where we are separated because we are not spiritually connected. We are connected by DNA, but we are not spiritually connected. And it is a battle and it is a struggle for those that desire to stand in the gap for family to know that there is one family that will last forever and eternal, and that is the spiritual family. And it is the desire that the physical family would be connected to the spiritual family because it will last forever. See, our families on earth, they're wonderful gifts from God, but they are temporary and fragile. They're often broken by divorce and distance and growing old and inevitably death. But on the other hand, Oh, the joy to know, on the other hand, that our spiritual family, our relationship to other believers will continue throughout eternity. It is a much stronger unit, a a more permanent bond than blood relationships. That's why it is always a desire in those that stand for Christ within a family unit, a blood unit, a DNA unit to pray and stand in the gap that those that are part of the physical family, the blood, the DNA family, be connected not only physically but spiritually. Whenever Paul would stop to consider God's eternal purpose for us together, he would break into a praise and he'd say, when I think of the wisdom and the scope of his plans, I fall down on my knees and pray to the Father of all, the great family of God, some of them already in heaven and some of them down here on earth. To think of the plan, the wisdom of God, 
bring in the last days. There will be a company, and there will be a shout. The angels will ring. The coming of the Lord will come. He'll come for his family. He'll come for his bride. It is his desire that the spiritual family is bound and connected together, that we live eternally in Christ. For the body will pass away. The physical family will pass away. But all there is eternity for the physical family in Christ to be a part of the spiritual family. So, so what are the benefits of being in God's family? Well, the moment you are spiritually born into God's family, you are given some astounding birthday gifts. You get the family name. You get the family likeness. You even get the family privileges. You get the family's intimate access. And most of all, you get the family's inheritance. The Bible says since you are his children, everything he has belongs to you. Galatians 4 and 7, everything that God has belongs to you because you are part of the family, the spiritual family, the everlasting family for Things will pass away. This world will pass away, but behold, God's word stands true, that you shall inherit the kingdom of God. Everything that belongs to God belongs to you. The New Testament gives great emphasis to our rich inheritance. It tells us, my God will meet all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Notice that God will meet all of your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. It is through Christ Jesus that we receive the inheritance. As children of God, we get to share in the family fortune. It's like Dallas. It's passed down. We become heirs not even having to work with it, but having to have the faith to believe in him. Here on earth, we are given the riches, the riches of his grace, his, his kindness, his, his patience, his glory, his wisdom, his power, and his mercy. These are the riches. Sometimes we get so caught up in the tangible things, the cars, the money, the clothes, the shoes, all of the tangible things, but to know that the greatest wishes, the riches, is his grace, his kindness, his patience, his glory, his wisdom, his power, and his mercy. But in eternity, we will inherit even more. Paul says, I want you to recognize what a rich and glorious inheritance he has given his people. So what exactly does that inheritance include? Well, first, we get to be with God forever. Hmm. We get to be with God forever. It is wonderful to know that even here on earth, as we talked about not hearing God and sometimes feeling abandoned when all kinds of things come our way and it seems like the trials and the tribulations are so hard to bear, that so hard to endure, and we need a word from the Lord and that we need to hear from God. But the first thing is to ultimately know being a part of the inheritance, being a part of the family, we get to be with God forever. Forever we get to be with God. The second thing, we will be completely changed to be like Christ, to know a part of the inheritance, that secondly, we will be completely changed to be like Christ. It says in the Bible that 
when he comes again, we will be changed. We will put on our white robes. We will be changed. We will have an eternal body just like him. And third, it says, we will be free from all pain, death, and suffering. To know that when we depart this world with all of the chaos, the wars, the rumors of wars, the hatred, the hurt, the pains that our ancestors have endured, even the ones and the pains that we endure, to know that when he returns, we will be freed from all the pain, the death, and the suffering. This is our inheritance. Fourth, we will be rewarded and reassigned positions of service. To know that we inherit and will be repositioned, reassigned, rewarded for service. Fifth, we will get to share in Christ's glory. What does that mean? To get to share in Christ's glory to mean that we can be at a place of peace and that he himself will shine like the sun, to be in a place and to be in the presence and to share in his glory, to share in his reign, to share the access of God's love. What an inheritance better than the riches of gold, better than the tangible things, the material things that will pass away. Oh, to know what an inheritance that we will be with God forever, that we will be changed to be like him, that we will be free from pain, death, and suffering, and we will be rewarded and reassigned positions of service and we'll get to share. In Christ's glory, what an inheritance. We are far richer than you realize. (laughs) The world would have us to feel that we are broke down and disgusted with this world. But to know that the place, our home, the streets are paved with gold. Now, the Lord said that he would go away and prepare a mansion for us. (laughs) Imagine your home, your mansion, (laughs) that he is preparing a place of no pain, no suffering, freedom, and just bask in his glory. The Bible says that God has reserved a priceless inheritance for his children. It is kept in heaven for you, pure, undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. (laughs) To know that in this earth, things rot, things go away, things waste away. But in God, the kingdom of God shall never pass away, and that the riches in heaven are priceless. They are pure, they are undefiled, and they are beyond reach of change and decay. This means then that our internal inheritance of priceless, pure, permanent protection, I like that, that our internal inheritance is priceless. He paid the price. No one else can pay the price of what he did when he died on Calvary's cross that we may be adopted into the family to receive the great riches of God. It is priceless. Our inheritance is pure. It is not tainted by politics and wayward ways. It is pure. It is permanent. It cannot be changed. It cannot be turned back. What he spoke, it shall be. It shall last forever, eternity. There is no time connected to it, and it's protected. It cannot be stolen. It cannot be snatched. The devil can't take it. It is our inheritance, for he took the keys away from death and hell. And in the last days, 
the devil himself and his imps and anybody else that's going shall receive their eternal reward. But ours is protected. We know that our inheritance can never be given away. No one can take it away from you. And no one can take it away from me. This world, as we go through so many things, so many trials, that people seem to want to take things away from us. This one thing to know that no one can take our inheritance from us because we are children of the king. He is God and there is none other. And we are heirs to his throne. It cannot be destroyed by war. It cannot be destroyed by a poor economy. It cannot even be destroyed by natural disaster. Our inheritance cannot be taken away. And when we grab hold to this, even in this earth, we can live a life of eternity and not time to know that no matter what our trials and tribulations are, no matter what our economy and our status is, no matter the wars that we hear about, the detriments of this world, even the natural disasters, we know this one thing, that our inheritance cannot be destroyed. This eternal inheritance, it has no expiration date. It has no retirement. We can look forward and we look should look forward and work forward, pressing toward a mark. Paul says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. I like that. Whatever you do. Don't have to do it. Whatever you do, work at it with your whole heart. What does that mean? Meaning your whole heart, your desire, everything that you should do should be to the glory of God. That whatever you do, you do it in the excellence of the Lord. Not to please man, but to please God. Whatever you do, work at it. That means it requires working at it. It does not come easy because you battle with the forces of this world that desires you to turn away from God. You have to work at it with your whole heart as working for the Lord and not for man. Man will disappoint you. No matter it be physical family, even spiritual family, man will disappoint you. So when you go forth to do your mission, to do what God has called you to do, work forward with your whole heart working for the Lord and not for man. For man will disappoint you. But if you work for God, and since you know that, since we know this, we will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward to know that your work is not in vain, that the trials and the tribulations and the tests that you go through are not in vain, that he hears your humble cries, he sees your work as you work with your whole heart, as you work for him, as you stand in the gap, know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. The retirement is a short-sighted goal. You should be living in light of eternity. Baptism identifying with God's family. I'm going to do a few more, and then I'm going to open it up for comments. Healthy families have family pride. Members are not ashamed to be recognized as part of the family. But sadly, Pastor Rick says, I've met many believers who have been publicly identified themselves with their spiritual family as Christ's command by being baptized. Baptism is 
It's not an optional ritual uh, to be delayed or postponed. It, it signifies your inclusion to God's family. And it publicly announces to the world that I am not ashamed to be a part of God's family. Says, have you been baptized? Jesus commands this beautiful act for all in his family. He told us to go and make disciples of all the nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Pastor Rick says, for years I've wondered why Jesus' commission gave and gives the same prominence to baptize as it does the great task of evangelism and edification. Why is baptism so important? And he says, then I realize that it's because it symbolizes God's second purpose for your life. And that second purpose is participating in the fellowship of God's eternal family. Baptism is pregnant with meaning. Your baptism declares your faith. It shares Christ's burial and resurrection, symbolizes your death to your old life, and announces your new life in Christ. It is also a celebration of your inclusion in God's family. Your baptism is a physical picture of a spiritual truth. It represents what happened the moment God brought you into the family The word says some of us were Jews and some were Gentiles and some were slaves and some were free, but we have all been baptized in Christ's body by one spirit, and we have all received the same spirit. Baptism doesn't make you a member of God's family. Only faith in Christ does that. Baptism shows you you are a part of God's family. Like a wedding ring, it is a visible reminder of an inward commitment made in your heart. It is an act of initiation, not something you put off until you are spiritually mature. The only biblical condition is that you believe. In the New Testament, people were baptized as soon as they believed. At Pentecost, 3,000 were baptized the same day they accepted Christ. Elsewhere, in Ethiopian leaders were baptized on the spot. When they were converted and Paul and Silas baptized the Philippian jailer and his family at midnight. There are no delays in baptism in the New Testament. And if you haven't haven't been baptized in an expression of your faith in Christ, do so as soon as possible as Jesus commands. Amen. I'm going to end it uh, right now here. Uh, Next week uh, we'll talk about life's greatest privilege, Uh, and uh, in fact, I'll finish it because I'm almost done here, Uh, life's greatest privilege. The Bible says Jesus and the people he makes holy all belong to the same family, and that's why he isn't ashamed to call, uh, call them his brothers and sisters. You'll see that in Hebrews, the second chapter, the 11th. Verse, let that amazing truth then sink into your brain. You are part of God's family. And because Jesus makes you holy, God is proud of you. The words of Jesus is unmistakable. Jesus, he says, he's pointed to his disciples and he said, the, this, this disciple is your mother your brothers, and anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Being included in God's family is the highest honor and the greatest privilege you'll ever receive. Nothing else comes close. Whenever you feel unimportant, unloved, or insecure, remember to whom. You belong, praise the Lord. And remember tonight the points to ponder. I was formed for God's family. Know that tonight the verse to remember is Ephesians 1 and 5, that God, his unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his family and to bring us to himself through Christ Jesus. So the question tonight is how can I start treating other believers like members of my own family. God bless you. I'm going to open it up for
uh, comments or questions. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We thank God for the opportunity to have shared his word on tonight and to recognize that we do have our physical families, but ultimately God wants us to all be spiritual in the family unit, to work together on one accord, to to work toward what God has called us to be unified and to connect, to utilize our gifts, to stand with purpose, be bound by his word. And so we thank God for family and we pray. And even on tonight, as I close out and pray, I, I pray for family. I pray that God's family, even the spiritual family, would come together. There is so much, even in the spiritual family, the divisions in the spiritual family, but I pray even on tonight that the spiritual family would come together to be a balm and a heal for the physical families. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you. We give you praise, glory, and honor for what you have given us and what you have said on tonight. We thank you for family. We thank you that you have inherited us and that we have inherited the kingdom of God, that you have adopted us. We come right now, we come praying, Lord God, for physical family. We pray, Lord God, for the divisions and the family unit. We pray, Lord God, for healing, and knowing, God, that you have called us to stand up for family and to stand to be the bridge, stand to be the bond, to bring healing, stand to intercede for those that are lost. We pray for our physical families and also our spiritual families. Pray for those that have uh, said you to be God, to call your name, but yet there is great division even in the church. We pray, Lord God, today for spiritual families, that we would stand together on one accord, that we would work together as a unit, and not to work solo, but to stand together as a unit to, to do a great work for the kingdom. We thank you, God, for this opportunity, for those that are on the line, those that will listen to this call. We pray blessings upon them right now in the name of Jesus. We pray the healing power, deliverance. We pray, Lord God, peace, most of all, that we would be connected to your family and to know that we are loved. So we thank you on tonight. Thank you for this ministry that you have given us. Pray, Lord God, that we will walk in your power and be empowered and to stand on your word, stand to declare your truth. Thank you for this opportunity on this day. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor in the matchless name of Jesus. We say amen. Praise the Lord. This has been Minister T, and you have joined us with Bridge Network International. We are in Chicago, Illinois. And if you're ever in the, in the High Park area, stop by and see us on Sundays at 1.30 at 5655. South University Street in Chicago, Illinois. And also you can uh, catch us on Monday through Fridays. We have morning prayer at 630, amen. And the number is 559-726-1000. The code is 304-585. And you can always catch us on Monday nights at 730 Central Time here on TalkShoe Radio. Please enjoy and invite a family or friend join on the call with us and share with us. So go and check out our archives at www.talkshoe.com. God bless you. This has been Minister T, and we will see you on, amen. Did you have any comments before I close? Amen. Amen. We will see you on next Monday. God bless.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.